Marie and welcome to First Up. It's Rapa, Wednesday, 14th of December, Core Anna Thomas Aho. Coming up, Trade Me's featured property this week is perched high above Russell and it's best seen by helicopter. We take a look at fun things to do on a budget in both Auckland and Dunedin. We talk to a man who dug a 125-metre trench in an Ohopi hill to create an epic water slide. And we hear from the mayor of the Australian region where two police officers and an innocent bystander were gunned down in cold blood before a police shootout which left the three perpetrators dead. Our community is numb. Lost two of our young police men and women and lost one of our citizens when they were gunned down. Our community is really struggling to understand why. Atamarie and welcome to First Up. I'm Anna Thomas and we will begin and end the programme today in Australia where 24 hours ago a shootout ended with the deaths of six people, two of them police officers. With me now from Brisbane is our Australian correspondent Pam Corkery. Morena Pam. Uh, Morena girlfriend. How are you doing? Look, I'm fine. I've got the clock wrong, so we're an hour ahead of uh, my preparation, but we'll get through this. Oh, good. Oh, well, we're going to we're going to start on a uh, on a fairly you know sombre tone, aren't we? Um, the latest about the shooting. What what is what's what's going on there, Pam? Well, two things. Um, terrible details of the final act of the three people who killed two police officers, as we know, and a neighbour on Monday. Um, as the police officers and the nearby neighbour were lying on the ground bleeding, their killers shot them really gangster style at close range. Just dreadful news. And um, for the families especially, Nathaniel and Gareth Train, the two brothers and the latter's wife, Stacey, they had, you know, been known as conspiracy theorists. Oh, right. Right. So doesn't this just make you sick in your stomach? You know, they um, online accounts bearing the name of Gareth Train repeatedly shared views that the Port Arthur massacre was a false flag event to disarm Australians. He's been active online since 2020. You know, the, um, you know, the powers that be that follow these security, these issues, um, they've known about this for a few years. Um, but he had written, our country's at a point when even cowards are now dangerous because they're unpredictable. Turn your back and you may find yourself cold on the floor with police dancing on your head. Oh, so they I knew know. about this, but they didn't. So were they keeping a close eye on on these guys or not? Obviously well, we're not. yet to fi- find oh, out, yeah. aren't we? I mean, this is breaking stuff. Mm. And it's, it's just been yesterday's um, and last night's footage of the police was amazing. You know, just the locals, it was a, a thousand strong population around where it happened. That's all just hugging police. The um, commissioner of police in New South Wales, she was just in pieces crying. And it was, you know, it was actually lovely to see the humanity of that. But mm. yeah, no, it's been really grim and it sort of ruined the build up to Christmas in many yeah. ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for those poor families, it shows how, how quickly people can descend into madness, eh, when they go down that rabbit hole. Um, t- t- Stunning. Uh, yeah. Frightening. Yeah, frightening, yeah, absolutely. We've all got one in our yeah. former friend group. Oh, I know. I know. We do. We do. Hey, in other Aussie news, um, there's been a settlement in the case of the former Liberal staffer, Brittany Higgins. 
Really, Brittany Higgins has been one of the stories of the year, and this is just a civil, as you say, legal action. She's asked for um, compensation from the Commonwealth for how she was dealt with. It, it, it's kept secret what the government's coughed up with, but it seems it's around three mil. Um, there's also a big investigation into the trial, which was cancelled, the trial against her alleged rapist um, because they said they were worried about her mental health. Well, I mean, that's just shocking. There's been no question about it, apart from she's very traumatised from the from the attempted rape allegation. So that is still to be decided. This isn't over. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, stand by for more news on that. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna leave you to uh, leave you uh, now, <coughs> Pam. Uh, to get back to bed. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for getting up for us. Have a great Christmas and thanks for all your work over the over the past year. Back at you, lady. Lovely <laughs> to talk on this last day. And and you too. Have have a great Christmas. That was our Australia correspondent Pam Corkery. It is ten past five, and Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the collapsed cryptocurrency exchange FTX, has been arrested in the Bahamas. The thirty-year-old entrepreneur was arrested for financial offences against laws in the US and the Bahamas. The BBC's Joe Tidy has more. Sam Bankman-Fried was the front man of his thirty-two billion-dollar FTX empire. Nicknamed the king of crypto, he was one of the industry's biggest personalities. But since his empire collapsed, leaving more than a million customers out of pocket, he's faced numerous accusations of misusing customer funds. Now in custody in the Bahamas, the US accuses him of, in their words, building a house of cards on a foundation of deception. In multiple interviews, most recently with the BBC last week, he admitted to mismanaging FTX. Were you incompetent or were you fraudulent? I didn't knowingly commit fraud. I don't think I committed fraud. I didn't want any of this to happen. Um, I was certainly not nearly as competent as I thought I was. This is big. FTX was the second largest crypto exchange in the world. It allowed people to exchange their normal money, pounds or dollars, into Bitcoin or any of the many other digital coins on offer. What's up? I'm getting into crypto. $10 billion was traded through FTX every day. But FTX had a sister company, also owned by Mr. Bankman-Fried, a hedge fund called Alameda Research. His companies both simultaneously collapsed when it was revealed that their finances were unstable. The US Securities and Exchange Commission has now charged him with multiple financial crimes, including fraudulently using FTX customer money to keep Alameda Research afloat. The 30-year-old entrepreneur had promised to build a Silicon Valley of crypto here, attracted by favourable crypto regulations. Bahamian police were already conducting their own investigation into the collapse, but it seems that the US has moved first. Authorities here say they're planning to fully comply with any US extradition requests. Joe Tidy with that report. Now, with me now from the centre of the soccer or football world is our man in Doha, Alex Beard. Morena, Alex. Morena, Anna. Hey, great to speak with you. Now, the first semi-final in the World Cup kicks off in just a few hours. Croatia's playing Argentina. What is the vibe like in Doha? Oh, well, I was, I've been seeing a lot of Argentina shirts around and a lot of red and white kicks. Um, it's going to be a big one because this was a bit of an upset. Croatia 
by all, for all intents and purposes, wasn't supposed to make it through this far. Um, so it's kind of the David and Goliath sort of battle. Um, we have also uh, coming up the other semi-final, which is between France and Morocco. Again, Morocco, another upset. Um, it's been a really interesting World Cup so far because usually you have the same heavyweights getting to the top of the competition to the same to the same stage, and we just have two who just weren't expected to get there. So I think everyone's very excited. I've been seeing a bit of ticket scalping going around. Oh, um, what are they going thousands for now? Of dollars any, worth per, yeah, do you know well, any I, idea? I saw one going around for seven thousand reals, which I think we're talking around two or three thousand New Zealand dollars for one pretty dodgy ticket. So <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a lot of interest. Are you are you going along, Alex? No, I mean, ever since New Zealand was knocked out in the qualifiers, I've been pretty heartbroken, to be honest. I saw a few games, but the mm. stadiums, I've got to say, were absolutely stunning. Um, a great time over here, but I don't think I've got 3,000 spare in the bank at the moment. So. <laughs> and who are you picking as, uh, as a winner? I think everyone would expect Argentina, but as I said, it's been a World Cup of upsets, and I don't think you can rule out Croatia, to be honest. And mm. I think there are a lot of people rooting on Croatia to make it through. So watch the space. Expect Argentina. But if anything has been seen in this tournament, is strictly unexpected. <laughs> great, great. That does make it all the more exciting. Hey, now, Iran has executed a second man who was arrested during a recent unrest. And the execution was carried out, of course, in full view of the public. Mm. Um, that's just, just shocking. Yeah, so uh, a pretty young, 23-year-old man executed by hung publicly from a crime. Uh, the worst part of this, too, is that these are trials that are being pushed through extremely quickly. He was only arrested one month ago. Um, well, this was also only followed a few days after the first execution. And we've been hoping, after news last week, that there may be some sort of reprieve we'd had a word from the Iran's attorney general that the uh, morality police were going to be suspended. Those are the ones who very quickly implement those sorts of restrictions of the hijab that saw Masa Amin build a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? There was some concern that that was just lip service for the rest of the world, and these protests have continued. The crackdown on them is continuing to be violent, and now we're seeing you're having the first of these uh, death sentences being carried out. But it's important to know Hundreds of people have died in these protests because, for instance, the police using live rounds on um, protests. Um, dozens of those have been killed, have been children. And I think what you can see from the Iranian regime, they just want to squash these protests, but they're failing because we've seen protests in every single major city in Iran, but they're just not letting up. So I think everyone's waiting for for the Iranian regime to actually give some tactical signs that they're listening to the people, but as of yet and with these latest executions, absolutely no sign of that happening. Alex Beard, uh, we're just having a b- bit of a problem with your line now. Um, uh, all the best uh, for Christmas. Thanks for all your work over the over the past year, and uh, we wish you well. That was Alex Baird. Now it is uh, coming up to 17 minutes past five. If you're a regular first upper, you'll know in this, our last week for 2022, we're roaming the main centres in search of some summer fun. Well, today's turn, it is at Dunedin or Tiporti in the wider Otago region. I asked Dan Hendra, uh, the team leader for community development and events at the Dunedin City Council, for the lowdown. 
there's a whole range of uh, really exciting events happening this summer. Obviously, it's really good compared to previous years recently where uh, there were a lot of restrictions. So to kick it off, just in a week or so, is the Filipino Christmas Party. And this is a Christmas party that's really a, a family entertainment day. A lot of cultural stores happening at the Ica Centre, which is a popular um, sports centre in Dunedin. And it's a, really a celebration of the Christmas a celebration away from their home for the wider communities who haven't been able to travel in the last few years. There's lots of games, activities, food. Oh, food. Oh, my gosh. The food from the Philippines is just stunning. I just love it. Yeah, that's that's just that. It's, it's, you know, this time of year, that celebration of diverse cultures is just absolutely awesome. So really excited about that. Oh, um, wonderful. The, the next one off, off the cards is the uh, New Year's Eve celebration. So this is an annual celebration that we host in the Octagon, and it kicks off from 6 o'clock on the night. Not only is there a really awesome lineup of live music and bands, including uh, the popular reggae act Loose and Colourful, but we've also got this year a countdown laser show for the first time, as well as a really awesome aerial performance by the Midwinter Carnival team. So really looking forward to that one as well. Oh, great. Before we uh, head into January, what about, have you got you running any Christmas carols and things to do around the octagon around Christmas Day-ish, running up to Christmas Day? Um yeah, the, or the the weekend before, we've got Christmas in Dunedin, which is just that. So we've got Christmas carols happening in the Octagon on the 18th of December there. And that's also got a number of fun activities for our kids and families as well. And we did just have the uh, lighting of the Christmas tree about a week ago that was hugely popular. Mm. So um, lots going on around uh, Christmas and carols. Fabulous. Okay, so uh, we've got a few days off over January, thinking let's head down to Dunedin or Tipoti. What's happening in January? So a couple of standout ones for us is, is a really fun fairy picnic happening on the 24th of January. This is a free picnic happening at the Mosgill Memorial Park Gardens. And this will run uh, for two to three hours with Lily P. Blossom is, is the fairy name. <laughs> and this P. is uh, storytelling. <laughs> I know, what a great name. Isn't it gorgeous? And uh, storytelling, face painting, hula hoops, fairy door crafts, uh, rock painting, that kind of stuff. So really family focused and quite different as well I, I know I'll be bringing my uh, my four year along and then of course you've got the uh, A&P show yeah that's just at the Otago Tyree A&P show this is a hugely popular show there is a small entry fee of uh, five to ten dollars but there's also family passes there and this is believe it or not the 163rd annual show that's significant in its uh, in its own right there and this is this is all sorts of the traditional agriculture um amp show types with lots of pets lots of uh, sheep judging and competitions dairy and beef dog racing all sorts of kind of fun stuff there's show ponies there's a show off your best homegrown vegetables and baking <laughs> and preserves and so on and so forth so really uh, really classic really rural um again i'm pretty excited about that one um i haven't been to it but i've heard really good things great there's a veteran car run on the 21st of january yeah, and this this is another very traditional event that shows off the vehicles, the veteran uh, vehicles around the city, and they, they kick off in St. Clair, and they do a big loop for a few hours around the city. It does slow down traffic a little bit, but um, everyone absolutely loves it, and lots of the participants get dressed up in all the traditional wares, and it's, it's quite the fun spectacle that uh, families come out and, and watch them drive past. Okay, tell us about the Thieves Alley Market Day. What is that one about? 
Yeah, so this this is an event we as the uh, City Council host, and this has been happening for decades, I believe. So this is a really awesome, the largest market day that we have in the city. It's it's a free event around the Octagon area that runs from 10 to 4 on the day. We have about 120, 140 different stores with live music stages. And this year, for the first time, we have a children's zone as well with face painting and fairy activities. We've got a lot of food trucks there. Usually it gets about 10,000 odd people across the day, so really popular. The range of stores include things like crafts, gifts, artwork, handmade toys, jewellery, there's native trees, bonsais. Uh, mm. I brought a bonsai from there before, and also ponga carvings, which again, I, I brought one a few years back. There's also other organisations who show their wares, such as Dog Rescue. There's the Ukrainian community that's been quite active down here also in, Lovely, the, yeah. in the last year or so as well. And then there's some really awesome, unique stores with local authors and illustrators, such as uh, David Elliott, who's who's quite popular. I've, I've got his book, Oink. Um, that's a really awesome children's illustration book. Mm. So um, lots of really unique stores and lots of fun activities and entertainment. And it's Dan Hendra from the Dunedin City Council. It is 22 minutes past five. I'm Anna Thomas and you're with First Up on RNZ National coming up. If you're in the market for a property, Trade Me has a listing for a six-bedroom luxury pad in Russell. You just need a helicopter for viewing it. Um, the Ohopi water slide is back for summer. We talked to the guy who dug the 125-metre trench that was required. And we joined the mayor of Australian region where the six people were killed in a siege after two police officers made a routine check at an isolated property. Now, this week on Trade Me, a house in Russell with more rooms and one of its wings than most of the, 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 the average home have in total... Um, let me just try that one again. This week, <laughs> a house in Russell with more rooms in one of its wings than most average homes have in total, and an old ambulance just begging to be converted into a camper van. Well, first uh, producer Jeremy Parkinson talks with Trade Me's Millie Sylvester about the opportunity to buy an afternoon's use of a brand new recording studio. The wine cellar has been such a vital part of Aotearoa's music community and it's actually one of Auckland's kind of few remaining iconic venues and it's just where so many Kiwi artists got their start and honed their craft and you know like so many businesses like this they got really hit hard by COVID over the past few years and and, you know, inflation hasn't helped that. So the wine cellar really does need some help. And um, they've listed on site the opportunity to have a full day recording studio at Big Fan's freshly minted studios in Auckland. Now, Big Fan is a no- new non-for-profit uh, multi-purpose music space. So it's basically world-class music studios and, sorry, recording studios and a live music venue all all under the one roof. So it's it's a really cool opportunity for a budding musician here, maybe the perfect Christmas gift, um, you know, to, to, to get started and, and maybe get that, that song or, or that track finally recorded and who knows, maybe even make it big. And there's a huge list of uh, really well-known New Zealand music artists who have performed there. Um, and yeah, you ab- absolutely uh, would not be the same. The city would not be the same without it. Absolutely not. And, you know, the, the current bid, if your budget stretches as far for a Christmas gift, is $315. Um, and you've got until Monday at 8pm to, to get involved and, um, and check out that listing.
that one finishes on Monday evening at 8pm, so still a little bit of time to get involved in that one. Our car today is a, uh, it's a Bedford ambulance, the type you used to see zipping around Auckland in the 1980s, a very familiar sight on Auckland's roads, haven't seen one in years, and this is why. This is such a cool listing that's on site at the moment, and it is an ambulance that I think is kind of, you know, crying out to become like an amazing camper conversion or maybe a promo vehicle or, to be honest, just maybe something for a collector to own. Now, this was one of the very last Bedford ambulances that was produced and has actually, in the past few years, been used as a pop succulence uh, for Dr. Feelgood's ice pops. So, multi-purpose use, really, um, for this particular vehicle. Now, it is currently a white ambulance with a red band around it that currently reads Rapid Response Ice Pop Delivery, which I love. Um, But it certainly is a listing that's already created a little bit of commotion on site and drawn a whole heap of attentions and smiles because it's had over 22,000 views and it's only been on site for two days. So the current bid for this once-in-a-lifetime little beauty is um, $5,350. So just such a cool opportunity here, I think. Up next, though, um, is the property of the week, which is an amazing, incredible property in, in Russell. But before we get to that, Trade Me's property statistics have come out. Tell us a wee bit about uh, what what uh, the activity on Trade Me is telling us. Yeah, so our latest property data for New- November told us that New Zealand property prices have actually seen the largest year-on-year drop in five years. They fell 4% in November when compared with November 2021. That means the average asking price for a property in New Zealand is now $903,000. That's down almost $70,000 from the record high we saw in March. I guess people are, are just being a little bit wary at the moment. Yeah, and if you are cashed up to buy, this is the most incredible property that I have seen on site in a wee while. But a beautiful property in Russell. Now, it's a one of you know Kiwi's favourite summer destinations, and I'm sure that lots of Kiwi are probably actually going to be driving around you know this this part of the far north over their summer break. This is a very impressive uh, private land holding that sits on a thousand square metres of serious property. Um, and it's situated at the end of a headland, so it overlooks this incredible channel and right across to Pai here. So an incredible property here that, you know, obviously is just hidden away at the very, very top of the North Island. I don't think I've seen a drone photo quite as good as this with the house in the foreground and the most amazing view behind it. it I mean, this this house, uh, it's going to go for a lot of money if it goes and the view is worth it. The view's absolutely worth it. And just to kind of, you know, really seal the deal for anyone who might be in the market, this house is just absolutely huge. It's got so many combinations on offer to kind of utilize all these beautiful spaces that look out to that view as well as this huge gourmet kitchen that kind of flows into a large dining area so it's you know it's got a games room it's got a bar facility it's got a media room it's got everything you know all the bells and whistles so perhaps maybe you might need to win lotto to purchase this as a you know maybe your holiday home but, you know, just to really complete the package, the property has its own beach and its own boat mooring. So, like, I just, I don't know what more you could really ask for in such a beautiful part of Aotearoa. Mm. Wouldn't that be a nice Christmas present, hey? That was Trade Me's Millie Sylvester. It's business, it's business time. 
That's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, let's get down to business. It's business time. It's business. It's business time. And let's get down to business with uh, the business head of the business team, Giles Beckford. Good morning, Giles. Good to you, Anna. <laughs> What's the team focusing on this morning? Well, we've had a look at a Westpac report, which is... Uh, run the rule over the country and done it in a regional sense, saying which areas are likely to hold up best as the economy slows, which ones perhaps may have their backs to the wall and feel the pinch. And it would be uh, probably no real surprise. Uh, They're suggesting that Otago uh, probably has the best outlook Uh, Of course, their uh, boundaries for Otago includes Queenstown, Wanaka and the Uh, like. So they're basing that on an improvement in tourism, the bounce back that is coming there. Of course, Dunedin in itself does attract quite a few tourists, uh, cruise ships coming in now, uh, backed up by... um, you know, an agricultural industry. Mm, so, and of course, with climate change, uh, the weather's getting better down there, so why not head down? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Some of the reports I've heard suggest that perhaps uh, climate change is being a little bit too slow, but never mind. <laughs> agricultural regions are also likely to fare pretty well, uh, especially where there's meat and dairy industries. So from that point of view, uh, you know, the hinterland uh, will do quite well. Uh, as always, um, you know, it goes to show that uh, as much as we talk about knowledge economies and technology and how smart we are and venture capital, what gets produced on the land by the farmers uh, continues to be a large part of the backbone of this economy. The ones that will struggle a wee bit are the urban areas, where in particular, because the uh, housing market has slowed down, the construction industry is slowing down, they'll, uh, they'll really f- sort of feel some of those headwinds. So, yeah, it's the big centres, Auckland, Wellington uh, in particular uh, may do that, although you know they've got a lot of business and service industries going through them, but mm. you know, that's the way it goes. Mm. And of course, to pick up your challenge from I yesterday... I was just going to ask you it, about it, that. It, it <laughs> may well be that uh, regions such as Otago and Westland engage in some cooperation <laughs> uh, on, a tour- on a tourism front. <laughs> and I can tell you, for those who wonder where cooperation comes from, invented or coined by somebody from Harvard University in 1992 to uh, discuss things in the computer industry. And I say, it's no surprise there, is it? Wow. Uh, 30 years old. That's incredible. I, yeah, I've, I've never heard of it. was invented only last week. I, I, th- th- I'd only heard of it last week. It should, but it just sounds like an oxymoron, you know, like cooperation and competition. You know, uh, uh, we, yeah. look, I think I think we've had more than a few oxymorons in our company you over the time. <laughs> or is it just morons? <laughs> never morons. mind. We're doing, we're doing well and... Uh, let's just think we've got two days left in the week we do. and uh, then it. we can look forward let's, you know, with some confidence perhaps. You know? yeah. Let's be positive about 2023. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you there on that. Giles Beckwood, thank you very much. You can hear more from the business team uh, on Morning Report at 10 to 7 to the money markets now and your New Zealand dollars trading at 64.89 US cents, 94.36 Australian cents, 60.99 Euro cents. 52.33 British pence, 4.51 yuan, and 87.7 Japanese yen.
Now, time for another Christmas conundrum, which uh, we posed to the fine folk of Tamaki Magoro. And please send us your thoughts on this as well. Text 2101. Now, what age do you stop buying presents for children who are not your own? Say nieces and nephews and friends' children, that sort of thing. Where do you draw the line? Here's what people had to say. Uh, put the kids in their pyjamas so they take the hint that it's time to leave. Can never happen. I like them to linger, so it can never happen, so I don't need to worry about it. I'm a Westie and I shouldn't answer that one. <laughs> no, no. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Basically, my friends, I just tell them to um, pee off. I tell them my kids are throwing a tantrum. They <laughs> need to go. Never had that problem, but um, I suppose you just say um, we've had enough and Merry Christmas. Oh, I mean, if it was at my house, I'd just go to bed. <laughs> they can stay as long as they want. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it probably depends on how many drinks you've had and then you could probably just tell them to leave to be fair otherwise I don't know God. now actually we had the wrong audio on that question uh, so we're going to play this one here oh Oh, actually, no, we're not. Okay, we're going to have something uh, uh, something else for you tomorrow on the Christmas conundrum. Uh, we are now going to Ohopi and the water slide is back for another summer and worth putting on your list of things to do if you're road tripping down the East Coast. Now, Max Humpherson, an engineer by day, took over the project five months ago. Last Monday, he got the digger out and dug the 125-metre slide out for the season and I spoke to him about... Uh, the preparations for the summer hotspot and we began by discussing how the slide came about. My mate Sam started up two years ago. Had a great idea to run a bit of a, I know, bring tourism back to Ohopi. So he hit up one of our local farm owners. He said, yeah, that's a great idea. We'll get it going and yeah. Great. The rest is history. It's been going for two years. Two years, excellent. Tell me where it's set. I mean, can you paint us a picture? How big is it, and and you know, where, how is it set? If you've ever been to Ohopi, there's a big farm up on the right when you're driving along Pahutukawa Ave. Yes. And there's a big gully that comes down, and the slide follows this gully for about 300 meters, with a few wraps and turns and wow. sweeps and dips. So are you sliding on mud or, or what are you actually sliding on? No, so I get a digger in to dig out like a trench and then um, I put some black polythene down. Have you got water um, spraying on the polythene? Yeah, so I've got a big water tank at the top that's filled up from an old fire engine pump, I believe. Oh, great. So, yeah, that pumps up from a spring to my tank at the top and then that just... Yes, slowly trickles down. Oh, sounds like a ton to a of pond fun. pond in the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And how long does it take to get from top to bottom? Good question, because <laughs> it's a it's a faster slide this year. So. Oh. Um, yeah. And I suppose it would probably depend on your weight as well. So you know, the heavier you are, maybe the faster you go, or maybe the lighter you are, the faster you go. I'm not quite sure how it works. Definitely, the more mass you have behind you definitely help. Right. I'm going to have a bit of a competition who, who can get down fastest and there might be a bit of a prize at the end of the season. Oh, love it. I love that idea. So when does the season, when are you hoping to open? So I'm hoping to open this Saturday. Weather dependent. It's not looking ideal, but 
Yeah, I'll probably still be opening. Everyone's keen as nagging me. So <laughs> the Saturday's looking good. And okay. um, looking to close, uh, it depends on tourist flow and that, but mm. probably Waitangi weekend. Oh, great. So good, yeah, good yeah. good period to stay open. Uh, so what do you land in? Is it you land in the water at the bottom? Is it like a big pool or, or what is it? In the first year, there was a big pond there that you sort of jumped into, but there was a few injuries and I'm trying to avoid injuries. So, yeah, don't want injuries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've just got a little pond that you sort of just slide into, just a bit of a body of water at the bottom. Who's the oldest person to slide? Four. Last year it was, I think she was like 72. Yay! Good on <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, I reckon. Pretty tough. Is she a local? <laughs> uh, no, I don't believe she was. Yeah, she was an out-of-towner. Came with the grandkids and decided she'd give it a go herself. Oh, good on her. And, and do you have to have, is there an age limit? Like, um, it, you know, do you have to be a certain age? Uh, not age, it's height, because we can't have any children under a metre because after trial the first year kids that were too small ended up making it a bit of a hassle for everyone else because they'd try and slow themselves up and they didn't have enough momentum as the rest of us. So. Gotcha. We don't want a yes. bottleneck really, do we? No. Nah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the best way to find you, Max? Best way to find us is uh, on Facebook. All the information will be on there. Otherwise when you're driving down to Ohupi Top 10 you'll see me on the right. Ah, fabulous Max Humpherson there from the Orbe Water Slide. It is 18 minutes to six. I'm Anna Thomas and you're with First Up on RNZ National still to come. If you're looking for a holiday in Auckland, we've got all the top spots. And we hear from the mayor of the Queensland region where six people, including two young police officers, were killed in a siege on Monday. The professionals of Morning Report are up after six and for a quick preview of our flagship news programme, it is Kim Hill. Morning, Kim. What have you got uh, lined up this morning? Well, the pivotal event this morning is the address to Parliament by Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. So we'll be crossing live to that around about eight o'clock, I think. Um, Nuclear fusion, which is the holy grail of, uh, of energy, limitless energy, carbon free. There's been a breakthrough. It's the first time ever that a net energy gain has been yielded by a nuclear fusion. Uh, we'll explain, well, a physics professor will explain, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to your relief, how and why and what it means. It's pretty exciting. We'll be talking to a tobacco company representative about why it's a very bad idea to limit tobacco sales. <laughs> and, of course... The Argentina versus Croatia World Cup football semi-final kicks off in a couple of hours. Who are you backing? Uh, Argentina, all the way. Are you? Yep, I am. Mm. I am. I'm interested. uh, Quite a lot of people seem to think Croatia's going to get it, but what do I know? I know. Well, I prefer the Argentinian food and the vibe, really. Oh, have you been to Croatia? Uh, I have been there as well. I lived there for a short time. Did you? Yeah. Mm. Food's not bad. Well, look, it's it's not bad. A lot of meat. 
A lot of meat. And not in Argentina. Well, yeah, but Come they have on. the wine. They have the wine. Ah, to wash it down. <laughs> yeah. Excellent diet. <laughs> Wonderful. Kim. Long life to you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, have a great morning. It's Kim Hill and the Morning Report team will be here just after six now. It is first ups last week of 2022 and hopefully many of us will be enjoying a summer break. Today it's Auckland's turn in the spotlight. I spoke with Chris Simpson, Head of Major Events at Tātaki Auckland Unlimited, about showbiz making a grand return to the city and also what you can do for free. Yes, we've just got this amazing full calendar, which is really, really exciting given previous years we haven't had so much going on. Mm, but, yeah. but this summer, it's back-to-back. We've got, obviously, the signature kind of ticketed events like the ASB Classic in January, but there's also a whole bunch of sort of fun family events. And probably for me personally, what I'm really excited is how much music we've got, live music, to reinforce our... UNESCO City of Music position, and we're also we're voted the best global music city, which was really awesome. So wow. there's a lot, a lot of content and a lot of international acts coming. Um, tell us a little. I know a few of them because uh, I've had my Elton John ticket for probably what well, I don't know three, four years. I've been sitting on it oh, and, think, on and thinking, gosh, will he come? Won't he come? Apart from Elton John, it, it, yes, it is. It's a it's a music lovers' dream month. What else have we got? Sure is. So at Mount Smart, outside of Sir Elton playing in January, we've also got the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. And then in March, we've got Harry Styles, which is very popular with the young and young at heart. <laughs> um, we've got Eden Park hosting Ed Sheeran twice in February. Wow. At Trust Arena out west in Henderson, we've got some Los Angeles punk bands, actually, Social Distortion and Bad Religion, if you're into oh that Oh, my stuff. gosh. I'll get the um, <laughs> I'll get the nose piercing put back in yeah. and the, yeah, yeah, all of that, right, and rip jeans out, Chris, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think to balance that, though, they've also got Ice Cube, the hip-hop stars Ice Cube oh, okay. and Cypress Hill. And then what else? We've got Spark Arena, which has got this amazing lineup of artists. It, it's from Backstreet Boys, One Republic, Florence and the Machine, and our County oh. Crows. They're all performing in March. Auckland Anniversary Day at Western Springs. We've got the very popular St. Jerome's Laneway Festival for the first time. Oh, yes, and of course. And, of course, there's Om. My, my um, 18-year-old son's off to Om. That's a, a regular thing on his calendar. Now, Megaland, tell us a little bit about that. Well, there's an epic kind of all-ages inflatable obstacle course, which is something like 300 metres long course. It's got 43 challenging obstacles, including, you know, everything from slides to beach balls and tunnels and spikes and you name it. It's for adventures of all ages, really, from four up. But it sounds pretty epic, and that's going to be running through at Mount Smart Lily World until the 21st of December. Oh, great. That sounds amazing. There are so many events and activities for the family to get into across the board, really, from the zoo and the art gallery and the Maritime Museum and the square with Chris, you know, Auckland Live. It's, there's a real combination, I think, um, the best thing, though, for people to do to scope it all out for the kids is yeah. to check out the council events page. Right, the council events page. That, that's right. And then, and then, of course, we've got all those amazing walks and beaches that we can go and visit. For, for those of us lucky enough to be staying in Auckland over the break and enjoying the relative um, peacefulness, because a lot of people do take off from the city, and, and Auckland becomes uh, quite, a, quite a lovely place to mooch around in, doesn't it? What are you doing, yeah. Chris? 
Well, I'm actually going to try and get myself to as many live music concerts as I possibly can, given how much content's there. And I haven't been to a concert for some time, so I'm pretty fired up for that. I've got a wee schedule. My Red Hot Chili Peppers was the first one up for me. And uh, that was what to do in Auckland, and it really is the best place uh, to be when everyone... Um, that was Chris Simpson, it was, uh, when everyone, of course, has gone away. It's a wonderful place. That's where I'll be having a staycation myself. And now to the shocking shootout in Queenstown that's left six people dead, two of them police officers. The state police force is reeling after what's been described as an execution-style killing of its members. The tragedy unfolded in the sleepy rural hamlet of Wyambilla, uh, about four hours' drive west of Brisbane. A routine missing persons check led police to the property. Uh, three people, two brothers and a woman armed and wearing camouflage gear, opened fire without warning. All three of them ended up dead, as did a neighbour and the two young police constables. Our producer Matthew Tunison spoke with the Mayor of Queensland's Western Downs region, Paul McVeigh. Matthew, our um, community is numb after the events of last night when we lost two of our young police men and women in our community and lost one of our citizens when they were gunned down and shot to death. Unfortunately, at an incident at William Biller in our community in the Western Downs, and it's something that uh, you wouldn't expect to have in a rural community like we have. You wouldn't expect it to be in the state of Queensland, let alone in our nation. So our community is very, very numb at lives lost through this incident. And these officers, two young officers, I take it, were just doing a routine visit to a property when this occurred, is that correct? Yeah, that's the information we have at the moment, and obviously uh, I'm sure the, the QPS will make a radio announcement of some of the circumstances as this is uh, better researched. But, yeah, unfortunately, by the sounds of it, they were doing a routine knock on the door and, unfortunately, have been gunned down at the doorsteps and lost two of our very young, up-and-coming police men and women in our community, which has devastated our, our local community and our flags are flying at half-mast. The number of flowers and bouquets and tributes that are flowing to those serving officers and also to our member of our local community that went there to help. It's truly shocking. Now, the uh, perpetrators, I take it, were heavily armed and acted with just extreme brutality by the sounds of it, Paul. Yeah, the information coming out of QPS at the moment is, is identifies that as a very cold-blooded, obviously, and we'll leave that to the police to do the media on that, but yeah, it's an absolute tragedy in our community. Our, our community is really struggling to understand why, and obviously that will come to the fore over the next few days as the police investigate the matter. But, yeah, the perpetrators have been also shot and killed by police uh, in this case, and it certainly doesn't bring back those people that we've lost and our deepest sympathies, our heartfelt sympathies go out to the, the family members that won't have their mothers, brothers or friends and relatives coming back for Christmas this year. and A, a tragic loss to our community and especially to the family and friends mm. of those that we've just lost. Yeah. And also I take it another two officers injured, one of whom had fled the scene into some 
bush or, 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 or forested area and then they'd actually tried to light a fire to sort of smoke her out or, or that's what I've seen reported anyway. Are, are they doing okay? Yes, they're both in hospital obviously. Uh, one has been injured by gunfire and the others managed to escape without injury but I think the trauma of the incident and, and we, we weren't there but to understand it, it, it knocks us around so I'd hate to think of the, the trauma that those two surviving police, men and women, have uh, as they relive this matter and account this back to their superiors to understand what the incident and what really took place last night. Yeah, because uh, just the the little I, I know of it, uh, just from reading today, Wyambella, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Paul, but it's a, it's a very small little town. It must be a, a pretty, fairly tight-knit community where everyone knows everyone. Is that right? Yeah, look, Matthew, it's, you know, we've got a, a large region here, but a population of about 35,000. We've got varying uh, scales of population from our towns to our smaller communities, and Wimbilla is more of a community than a, a town, and that uh, 100-odd people that live there certainly are a tight-knit community, and I'd like to think that our whole community is, is a very caring and a community that really does look after each individual in our region, and Unfortunately, we've had people that come into our region and have upset that that um, model that our we're very proud of as Western Downs community members, and I'm sure that the tragedy of this event will be felt for a long time into the future. Finally, I you know wouldn't wouldn't expect you to comment on the specifics of the case, um, but it is becoming apparent through reporting that the perpetrators did believe some very strange conspiracy theories. And um, that may have played some role in what happened. Obviously, here in New Zealand, we've had uh, experience of this too with um, what happened down in Christchurch at the mosques. I wonder if you, you, you have a comment on um, the, the harm that this sort of thing uh, can do to, to society and how, how we can address it. Yeah, Matthew, the, the tragedy of this event is the impact on the families and relatives and work colleagues of those that have uh, passed away last night, the impact on our community will be long-lasting and to be able to make comment on the circumstances, uh, we'll certainly leave that for Queensland Police Services to explain to our community, I'm sure, as they investigate and those two surviving members will have more of the detail, but our concern as, as a council and a community leader in the region is to look after our whole community and give the best of support to those family members that have lost their loved ones through this tragedy that impacted the Western Downs. Mm. And that was the Mayor of Queensland's Western Downs region, Paul McVeigh, talking with Matthew Tunison. Now, tomorrow on the program, Grant Robertson's weekly first up chat. Well, it's going to be his final one for the year. I wonder what's going to be under his Christmas tree. Uh, we'll also be looking at what is on in the Canterbury region. Uh, we also want to know how to get rid of Christmas visitors who have outstayed their welcome in the nicest possible way, of course. That's all coming up tomorrow on First Up. But we're going to end with some Michael Bublé because for some crazy reason, he has dropped off the top. 10 playlists. Let's try and remedy that. Now get in touch. You can tweet us on First Up uh, at First Up RNZ, Facebook us First Up or email First Up at rnz.co.nz. Morning reports next with Kim and Corin from all of us here at First Up. Have a wonderful day and we will see you tomorrow. And presents 
by the tree. Christmas is. 